Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Carl Wonders. And I'm Thad Haight. Today we're going to go off to the mountains of Tibet and be reborn with Johnny English Reborn from 2011. So we're talking nine years or eight years after the first one? Yes. Well, I was reading some of the backstory and they were planning on making this movie earlier and Rowan Atkinson decided to make Mr. Bean's Holiday instead. I don't know if that was the right move or not. But how well did I? I've never seen Mr. Bean's Holiday. Do you know how well it did? I have. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, it did really freaking well. It had a budget of twenty-five million and made two hundred thirty-two. Wow, that's better than this movie. <laughs> well, it had to slap the budget, but yes, yeah. Now, that makes sense that a Mr. Bean movie wouldn't. So yeah, there was it was a good choice on his part. Willem Dafoe is in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this the movie was directed by oliver parker who i looked up his only other real claim to fame is directing uh the importance of being earnest and hamish mccall who wrote the screenplay also wrote the screenplay to mr bean's holiday and that's about the only thing that he's written okay. so yeah I'm not sure that this movie was really necessary well, this movie also has a story credit by William Davies. Or is that just for originating character? No, uh, he had the story. He wrote Johnny English along with Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. Right. He's written... He wrote the screenplay to How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. And Puss in Boots. All right, so I agree. I don't know why this movie needed to be made, but I yeah. think it was better than the first one. There were fewer cringe moments in this one, I thought. Yeah, I think I said something similar when we were talking about one of the Austin Powers movies, where I think that this movie is better, but it also has worse moments in it than in the first one. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a running gag that comes up, I think, three times that uh, I'm just yeah, not on board yeah. with. Uh, no, I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, they do things like pretend to kill a cat that I'm not a fan of in this movie, too. Yeah, no, th those were the only two things that I, the only two gags that I like got real. I got, was annoyed enough about that I actually notated how much I hated them on mm. in my notes. Well, well there's the one more that we both notated, but oh, was there? Yeah, the lipstick. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that one. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm really curious, and I I couldn't really find much online. You know what made the powers that be decide so many years later to make a sequel to this movie or to Johnny English because it's it's not like the usual sequels where the movie comes out it does really well and they immediately turn around and do another one because they think it's going to make money I don't know if you know Rowan Atkinson but they did to the same it. thing seven years later with the third yeah. one yeah it's it's such a weird franchise that way this one seems like it has more of a story at least I don't know if I care for some of the story decisions and some of them are pretty you know, right off the shelf of story writing cliche, but it's it's not bad. There, there's one there's one bit that I genuinely laughed several times at, uh, which we'll get to. You know, we we left Johnny English. He was knighted by the Queen, um, and this strange opening here, where these two guys. I don't even know. Do we see them again? Who these people are? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because they're looking at his file, and Sir is blacked out. He or he is no longer Sir Johnny English. We know that something happened in Mozambique. Uh, I like the headline that said "Dozambique." Yes, that was good. Yeah, we we don't know what's what 
Mozambique is about, we will. What you can't see, because we're not video conferencing, is that my eyes did some weird twitching when you said Mozambique. (laughs) And you get the weird music in the background. Mm -hmm. Mozambique. Yeah, that was an amusing little running gag that people mentioned Mozambique and he does that. Uh, We find out that he's been hiding out in the mountains of Tibet. This is definitely a Batman Begins reference, I think. Uh, Yes. Especially because that came out in between the last movie and this one. We were really harsh, quite justifiably so, on Spy Hard. Uh, One thing that I definitely noticed this turn was references to other things. Yes. Uh, You know, this is one of them, obviously, Batman Begins. There's a a parkour-type chase that is very much out of either... Casino Royale or the Bourne films. Yes, which makes sense because these really mm-hmm. are spy movie spoofs. Yeah. So yeah. that the the Casino Royale parkour I really liked, and I love the whole like you know you are you are older, so you are smarter. So he just you yes. know, like takes the ladder or uses the elevator. I loved that. That was so good. We're way ahead, but my favorite moment, the one where I really laughed at, like he you know he thinks that, and then he kind of shimmies past the big air conditioner unit on the roof, and then. The guy does the Jason Bourne thing where he takes the laundry and he throws it over the 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 the, um, the barbed wire and climbs over the fence and then Johnny English looks at it and then goes and opens the gate mm-hmm. and just walks through. Yeah. <laughs> that whole sequence is probably the most clever bit in the whole movie. Yeah. So the yeah, the Tibetan thing, I mean at least they, you know, aren't doing at least we don't have the the racist kung fu fighting this time. Yes. And I was not expecting us to have Chekhov's testicular torture. No. Um, I was not expecting that to come back in any way. That's, that's some solid screenwriting right there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it even took me a second to realize why he wasn't reacting. Yeah. I'm like, what? what, what? Oh, right. <laughs> right. He was walking around dragging rocks off his testicles. Yes. And I like when... The master tells him that MI7 wants him back in London, and he says, Master, am I ready? And he just says, no. No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Master, what is my destiny? I'm in touch with a higher power. MI7. Once you're on the first flight back to London. Master, am I ready? No. Window seat or aisle. Yeah, I appreciate that they do this stuff, and like you said, it's not done in a racist way. It and it's it's genu- some of it's genuinely funny. Uh-huh. I I like there's a scene when he hits the gong and he's challenging this guy to a duel. It cuts away to him doing the the other guy doing this weird, you know, martial arts stuff and it looks and you just see him kind of sneaking around behind the gong and takes the mallet and hits him over the head. Right, which is like, also foreshadowing for the yeah. scene we were talking about. <laughs> yep, it is. Because that was, like, right after the Master had said, you are not young, but with age comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where they, they're they using his head to ring the gong, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't get that, but okay. 
I think it's just to show that he's learned how to keep his composure because he's not reacting at all while they do that. Sure. That works. Uh, we get a very Jason Bourne credit sequence. Yes. No song, though. No. Which is a shame. Um, we get Yacht Rock at the very end of the movie. We do. <laughs> that doesn't really work for me either, but... And now we're at Toshiba British Intelligence. Yes. <laughs> now... I would have. I wish to God this had been Sony. That would have been great. I do really <laughs> like for electronics pro- products. Press one to speak to an agent. Press two. Yeah. <laughs> Spyingforyou.gov.uk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another nice little setup for a gag later that yes. I thought was funny. I I enjoyed that. Yep. And we find out that the new head of MI7 Pegasus is Jillian Anderson. Cause sure. Not that, not that it, I, I have a problem with Gillian Anderson being in this movie. I'm just wondering why is Gillian Anderson in this movie? Yeah, and we have multiple scenes. We have a long, drawn-out scene in, in which he thinks he killed the cat, dropped it into uh-huh. a wood chipper. Yep. And then he like pretends to be petting the cat, and then Rosamund Pike walks in with the cat somehow. Yeah. Also, why is she in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this scene doesn't work for me. No. I, I I notated here this whole thing with the cat is like what is like just exemplifies what I really hate about these movies. Mm-hmm. Like that stupid embarrassment humor where he's like trying to. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Just everything about it. We meet uh, the new Agent One played by Dominic West, who is probably most known from being in The Wire as playing McNulty. Like, I even think of him as McNulty. I don't, like, I know his name is Dominic West, but I think of him as McNulty. Well, I forget that he's British. I know, right? (laughs) I'm like, why is he doing a British act? Oh, wait, no, that's him. Yeah. There's so many British actors that are absurdly good at American accents. Hugh Laurie is one of them. Yes. Um, I love the Q lab scene just because it feels like a Q lab scene from the Brosnan era of films where stuff's just blowing up around them for no reason. Although I will say, yes, I love that. I love how Quartermain is missing most of his limbs from accidents (laughs) with the various things. I love that, too. Yeah. Uh, I will say that we we do at least get, you know, some American pride in that Gillian Anderson is in this doing a very good British accent. She is, yeah. That said, she did live in England for several years when she was a child. Mm-hmm. But she, we, she's still ours. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love everything about this, uh, this whole scene. And then when Gillian Anderson walks down and says, "Don't, don't forget that our, uh, our preferred weapon is our, is dialogue." Yep. <laughs> Great line. Mm-hmm. We get introduced to the Rolls Royce of cars. <laughs> Ah, the Rolls-Royce Phantom. Truly the Rolls-Royce of automobiles. It would have been funnier if it wasn't a Rolls-Royce. Yeah. (laughs) We see Chekhov's uh, dart-shooting camera. I like how when he uses the dart and shoots the guy, like, everyone just laughs. Yeah, and they're like, alright. I mean, I'm sure... Based on Quartermain's condition, I imagine this stuff happens all the time. That's fair. It's a cute gag, but I'm trying to find out the usefulness of voice-changing throat lozenges. I was wondering that. <laughs> but that's a gag that I actually like, so it's alright. You no, know, it, it works. And then we get introduced to his new sidekick for this movie. Yep. Agent Tucker, who 
is a black man, and the first thing Johnny English says is, well, it would be good to have somebody carry the bags. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so... Like, I don't even think that was intentional. I honestly don't. No, this... Especially when you realize that this is a British movie and not an American movie. I really don't think that was intentional. No, it. it I don't think it was either. And but... I like... I like Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. I think he does well with what he's given in this movie. There's several scenes where the fact that he's black just has not aged well at all. Yes. Like, that line, I... I, I agree with you. I think it was a very innocuously written line that t- in today's... With today's mentality, that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I do like the... The one time I do like the, the when they call attention to it is when they're going into the, the casino in Macau. And uh-huh. he's like, I can't go in there. and But then he goes in anyway. But yeah. But yeah, like the stuff with... when Basically, anytime he shows up and plays an idiot... Yeah. Just doesn't doesn't play well for me. So apparently the character of Boff was supposed to be in this movie, but they deleted all the scenes that he was in. Mm. I liked Boff. He'll be back in the third one. Oh, okay. Alright, so we do have a bit of humor here in the casino. Yeah. Uh what? where he's looking for a Chinese man with glasses. There's like <laughs> y- y- you you think there might be a couple of those here? Yeah. So yeah. Johnny Johnny is talking to the wrong one while sitting next to the real one. And I mm-hmm. like how the, the, the real one gives him the code word and he doesn't realize it. Yeah. He's like, your grandmother <laughs> is sick. Well, she's dead. That's how sick she is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like flirting with the guy almost. Yeah. The wrong guy. Again, humor that doesn't quite work. No. Uh this feels very out of a Roger Moore movie where the guy gets killed by getting stabbed in the back of the neck with a cocktail umbrella. Oh, very much so. I also feel like going to a Macau casino is sort of a Roger Moore thing in, in, in and of itself. A little bit, yeah. But we go to the Kowloon Paradise Hotel, which looks nothing of the kind. And Oh, and we should mention that we saw the assassin that did the the cocktail umbrella was... Uh, we see her again in the halls at the Kowloon Paradise. Yes, we do. I question the stealth of any assassin who uses a vacuum cleaner as their cover, but... I question this vacuum cleaner, um, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, Johnny knocks on the door and he meets Richard Schiff, who is revealing that he was part of Vortex, a secret ultra-assassin people. Yep. A A group of three secret assassins, and he has one-third of the key for Vortex. Mm-hmm. And he gets shot. So, I want to know why a man who's hiding and, you know, trying to do all this stuff to get Johnny English to come and to give him this key and stuff is sitting next to an open window. I was wondering that, too. Especially <laughs> when he's talking about how they're everywhere, they can see everything. and Yes! Right. And why doesn't the assassin just kill Johnny? Because it's the James Bond thing. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just shoot him. Yeah, but anyway, so the assassin, um, as soon as after they shoot, they have their vacuum, and they vacuum up the shell casing, which I question the feasibility of that. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking about those uh, those demonstrations, you know, sucking up all the marbles and stuff. I guess. I, I've used a lot of vacuums in my day. Yeah. And I've never used one that would be able to, that wouldn't just, like, 
rattle that around in the rollers and then spit it back out. I mean, it does look like a Dyson, so who knows? Yeah, all right. But... <laughs> but I, I do kind of like how he real how he starts to usher her out and then realizes it because he sees the shell casing in the vacuum. I like that. Yeah. Cause again, again, this is where it just confuses the heck out of me about is Johnny English good at his job or not? Yes. Because he has these moments where he, you know, he, I I do like when she sprays him in the face with the squirt thing, but yeah. but yeah, like you know, there he's observing. He has the guy and he, cornered and then doesn't notice when he parkours above him. Like I don't care if you're not looking, you would notice that. Yeah, but this leads to that foot chase we were talking about. Yes, the foot chase is great. They end up on the roof and he's trying to see where you know the guys above him and he climb he jumps over the air conditioning unit and then we have that call back to the Tibetan. Mm-hmm monk guy you're not young but with age comes wisdom and he realizes ways around all these obstacles the other guy is showing off and going around and, and everything which I, I it's clever it is but the guy does manage to get away on a boat so johnny commandeers a yacht and i do like this scene <laughs> i like the yacht people yeah uh, I, <laughs> I like agent tucker handing out leaflets about mi7 yes he uses the dart camera to sink the boat. Yeah. The whole time that that he's driving the boat, the guy that owns the boat is trying to serve him a drink. Mm-hmm. And the woman I am assuming is the guy's wife is trying to, you know, come on to him. Yep. Yeah, the whole I I really I, and I like when he's when after he gets off and he's fighting the guy, they just keep you know cheering him on. Yeah. Uh, oh, good show. <laughs> Here's here's another instance though where the 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 stuff with Tucker just bugs me where he jumps over the thing after you know Johnny English gets knocked over or whatever and then the guy just kicks him in the head. Yeah. Like don't don't make the guy an idiot. But we do the loose board trick and hit the guy in the groin eventually. And he gets the key that that Richard Schiff had. Yep. And now they're on the plane to London. Mm-hmm. And Tucker is filling out a mission report in an iPad 1, it looks like, or 2. It would have to have been 1. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I guess it could have been an iPad 2. It, it looks like an iPad 1, though. So the movie came out in 2011, so it theoretically could have been an iPad 2, but that would be unlikely, considering how long it takes to produce a movie. Yep. And, yeah, it's got, like, the it's got the, the black thing at the top. Yep. Yeah, and the straight sides. Yeah, it's an iPad 1. Johnny gives the key in a briefcase to Sujan to put in the overhead. Yes. Here's a moment of him being dumb again. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether or not the name... The name doesn't actually matter. Like, that's Johnny being dumb, yes. But, like, he shouldn't be get... He, a real agent would never give over possession of that to anyone. No. No, he would have that on his lap the entire flight. Mm-hmm. Or not even bother with the case and just have it in his breast pocket. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Shushan takes the... Takes the key and Johnny makes a fool of himself in front of Pegasus. Again. <sighs> and here's where we get the first instance of old woman abuse as funny, I guess? Yes. I mean, we talked about problematic stuff in Austin Powers with um, Basil's mother. Yeah. Okay, fine. He mistook Pegasus's mom for this the assassin. He brings her in in a headlock, and they're... Oh, okay. But then they have to do it again. Yep. And then he'll do it again with the queen. Right. He, like, 
smacks her in the head with a tray. What is this? Was this funny to people? I don't know. It's not funny to me. I don't think it's funny. The only thing that made me chuckle at all was at the end. The At the very end, when uh, Rosamund Pike says, well, you certainly gave Mr. Rhubarb a run for his money. Because <laughs> Mr. Rhubarb was the clown that was hired for the party. Yes. And I just want to say right now, Mr. Rhubarb is the most British name for a clown I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. It really is. <laughs> there is no way an American clown would go by the name Mr. Rhubarb. Mr. Rhubarb, yeah. <laughs> Rosamund Pike knows that he was telling the truth about Vortex having been in Mozambique because he exhibited all the physical signs of not lying. Yes. So now she's gonna. Well, because she all, we already established that she was a behavioral psychologist or something mm-hmm. that she can read people. That was like what she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then she takes him back to her lab slash examination area and she's going to get all the details out of him for mozambique right and i i do enjoy because we've seen him react every time someone says mozambique and she's talking about how the camera is going to record micro expressions invisible to the naked eye it detects emotional leakage and he says i'm a trained agent i don't leak she's like oh really mozambique (laughs) yep and then his face goes all crazy on the screen yep yeah. Which I enjoyed. And then we get the Mozambique flashback. Yep. And, alright, so this I also just find ridiculous. Like, I don't think Johnny English would actually have done this. No. Like, I think he could certainly have been lured to the shed to turn the to check the power, but I don't think he would have gotten into the hot tub instead of going back to... Yeah. I do like the scene, though, where he's like... He, he makes some comment about how he, I should be getting back, and then it cuts right to him being in the hot tub. Yes. I mean, I agree with you that I don't think he would have. He actually, wouldn't do this. Yeah, but I also, I do also like when he talks about the fireworks when they're really the gunshots, uh, when they're and shooting, that's the yeah. sound of people celebrating freedom. Yeah, and, and yeah, but we also find that he saw all three members of Vortex. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is very clearly McNulty on the right, and the other guy is a Russian guy named Karlenko. Yeah, who I don't recognize as. I don't recognize the actor, but he just screams generic Russian guy. Oh, yeah. So we set him up to play golf with this guy, and then more hijinks ensue. Indeed, and he gets assassinated. And again, they should just kill Johnny. Yeah. Especially because Johnny wasn't part of their original plans anyway. No. I get that the key's a MacGuffin and all that stuff, but this um, Vortex thing makes no sense. I enjoy the... I do enjoy the fact that he had to tell the car to stop. That was That was funny. Because it's voice activated and just followed him. Yeah, the key thing doesn't make a lot of sense. It It's kind of dumb. I admit, though, I do like the fact that they're in the helicopter, but they don't know where they're going, so they have to follow the highway. They follow, yeah, because they're, they're trying to get the Russian guy to the hospital. Daniel Kaluuya gets in the back seat and starts singing to him, which is amusing. And then they loop in the actual song. Um, these oh follow the ambulance and he lands on top of the ambulance. Oh, I like they try to radio for assistance on where to go, and then when they oh, tell yeah. them the altitude is eighteen inches, they just hang up. Yes. <laughs> I was like, where are you? And they had to land to try to find a sign that says where they are. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, they follow the highway, which I enjoy. Yep. And Carlico finally gives all the information right before dying. 
<laughs> of course, because that's what you do in these movies. And that means there's a vole in MI6. No, you mean a mole. A, you mean there's a mole and a vole? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. A vole in MI7. A mole, sir. What? There's a mole in MI7. There's a mole and a vole. No, sir, there's a mole, not a vole. Well, I disagree. There's certainly a vole. I mean, we know that much. But what you're saying is there might be a mole as well. That's the kind of dumb humor that I laugh at. Yeah, no, I laughed at that too. <laughs> I'll admit, I found the chair thing amusing. I don't understand what chair this is, but... What chair? I'm... The chair that he's sitting in when he goes to meet... You know, he sits down with the Prime Minister... And he tries to adjust the chair, and it keeps rising and sinking. Oh, yeah. I don't believe that he wouldn't know what the Prime Minister looks like. So, the only thought I had about that was that he was in the mountains of Tibet right before this movie. Even so. But, yeah. I mean, I, as an American, always know what the British Prime Minister looks like. In fact, the British Prime Minister is is probably the only head of state that I can reliably always tell you what they look like. Well, when it looks like Boris Johnson, of course you know what he looks like. Well, yeah, but I knew what I knew what <laughs> Tony Blair looked like too, mm-hmm. and David Cameron. I mean, yeah, okay, fair. But yes, Boris Johnson is very obviously, you know, <laughs> a very distinctive person. Yeah, but yeah, no, I do like the chair going up and down. That is fun. Yeah, we get this amusing little switcheroo thing because uh, he and I've forgotten his name now. Oh, Simon Ambrose, Dominic mm. West. You can just call him McNulty, it's fine. McNulty, yeah. <laughs> Johnny and Johnny English and McNulty go out to this fancy wine restaurant and they're drinking wine and Johnny English is spilling the beans about everything he knows and McNulty takes his gun out and starts sticking under the under the thing and he says, I, I have to ask you a question. I wanted to do it in person. Mm. Do you have any idea who could be behind this? <laughs> like, come on. Oh man! And also, we we see Johnny English's iPhone four. Ooh, yeah, yeah. With that old iOS interface too. Yeah. Like you see that 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 translucent pop up window with the yep. message. The blue one that you can't do anything until you yep. deal with it. Yeah. Like, I don't miss man, that. I don't miss that either. But it's like, oh wow, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> we get a shot of Burn Gorman sitting in the restaurant too. Yes. We also saw him earlier getting the uh, key piece from Shushan. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, Tucker comes in and accuses McNulty, and Johnny English doesn't believe it. I I, I enjoy the scene where they all have to pretend they're just yes. doing whatever while the guy comes in to pee. That's fine. Yeah, I was about to say, like, in my notes I just wrote toilet humor. Like, this is the kind of toilet humor that I find amusing. Yes, and I like when he looks at Johnny and he's like, you know, I sometimes have trouble too, old boy. <laughs> yes. Like, everything about this scene works for me. Because okay, that, that. that's kind of funny, but, like, at the same time, could you imagine actually saying that to somebody if you saw them standing at the urinal? No, but, I mean, old people say weird shit to people, so... That's fair. I mean... <laughs> but, like, I, I enjoy everything about this scene mm-hmm. because you have that. The guy leaves. And then Johnny starts peeing. Starts peeing. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Tucker's holding the gun on him, and he's like, oh, excuse me, and he goes under the gun to go wash his hands. Yes. <laughs> and and then, 
Um, McNulty does something right out of the usual suspects where he reads the name off the toilet yeah, as like the secret secret agent or a secret secret society name. It'd be funnier if it was like the American Standard Society or something. <laughs> that would, yes. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Armitage is a famous, is a very popular toilet company in the UK. Yeah, may- maybe it is the British version of American Standard, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but then, you know, Johnny English takes the gun away and sends Tucker home because he thinks he's an idiot. I don't know, I that I don't care for. No, especially because Tucker, yeah, is playing Johnny like a fiddle, telling yeah. him that it's Quartermain that's the, the real yeah. guy, and then even takes the key from him for safekeeping yeah like, again he's he, he has these moments of just being completely stupid yes and i also enjoy in this this scene where armitage hands the key to burn gorman just so he can put them together and then hand yes. it back to him yeah he clearly couldn't have done that right and then we have we have the scene because yeah mcnulty calls us up to uh MI6 and tells them that Johnny English is the is the the Vortex member here. Right. And then they set up a sting for him. In a church. Yeah, and I, I enjoy this where he comes up behind Quartermain and Quartermain's the end of the line for you because he knows what's happening. Or yep. thinks he does. Um, yeah. And then we go like, no, you're the Vortex, but no, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, I do enjoy when he commandeers the steering the the wheelchair because it's Chekhov's 60, 60 mile per hour wheelchair. Correct. One of the things they really set up well for me is the the labels. Yes. You have fast, and then it's V fast, and then at the very end he flips it to the, to the final setting. It says F fast. Yes, I like that too. <laughs> and then you know pedantic things that I enjoy, like how the wheels go wider mm-hmm. so he can go fast and turn corners. I like when he um, pulls the gun on the old people waiting to use the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> fun fun fact I read on, on IMDb, the girl that he steals the motorcycle helmet from is his daughter, Ron Atkinson's daughter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I like the side mirrors on the on the wheelchair. I like when he tries to casually wheelchair away from the blockade. <laughs> yes. He just turns and goes and they just creep forward. And then there's the there's the sleep button that makes the back fall down so he goes under yep. the truck. Yeah, I, I like mm-hmm. everything about this wheelchair. Yeah, this scene. whole thing works. Mm-hmm. I also like him randomly like showing up inside Rosamund Pike's apartment. I, I like that, how you just see her going about a day and suddenly Johnny's there. Yeah, and then he collapses because he got shot in the leg. Yeah, so now we do see the scene that you were uh saying that the, we, the, he uses the key on the safe deposit box to get the serum yeah just i mean before we started recording i was i asked if if we actually saw the key being used because i guess when i was watching i looked away for the two seconds the key was being used <laughs> to open the drawer with the the stuff in it this uh chemical mcnulty's getting the the vial out that we don't know what it is yet uh th- this is now right out of the mr bean playbook of him hobbling around putting his pants on backwards yes because i think in a cut scene they show her treating his leg that makes sense but here's where we're finding out that um the person that killed the president in mozambique was under the influence of some sort of drug Mm-hmm. because the assassin yeah. was manic 15 minutes before yeah that's a bit of a stretch yeah vortex's um, secret weapon is a mind control drug Mm-hmm. Tamoxylene barbu- barbutanol. Yep, which 
isn't the thing. No, but it's also something Johnny can't pronounce. Yes. And I yes, him putting his pants on backwards was dumb, but I do enjoy when he zips them on his as he walks. Oh, and she's like, "You're flying low." Yes. Yeah. And we find out that that drug was commandeered by MI7, I believe, or was commandeered by somebody. I guess it was the CIA because Titus Fisher had it, the Richard Schiff character that we saw earlier. Yes, but uh, then McNulty shows up, and so Johnny has to hide. And, of course, McNulty knows Johnny's there. Yep. And sends the assassin. But Johnny also remembers now that McNulty was the third one. You know, because there were no signs of this before. No. It was cl- no well, one he, he finally puts it together because he sees the back of McNulty's head as he walks to the car. But he saw the back of McNulty's head in the beginning of the movie. I know, when he was talking. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I guess he wasn't thinking about Mozambique at the time. But I guess. That's a stretch. Yeah. But anyway, the assassin's back with a vacuum slash chainsaw. <laughs> this is a very versatile vacuum. Yeah. Johnny uses the garbage chute to get away. Yep. And, of course, emerges with a dirty diaper on his head, because that's funny. It's still better than when he climbed the toilet in the first one. Oh, yeah. Ugh. We find out that Agent Tucker lives at home with his mom, and he plays video games. Yep. Which, okay, sure. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so now uh, Johnny... Because uh, Tucker got suspended because of Johnny, but mm-hmm. Johnny is calling him back into ac- action, and uh, they managed to get the Rolls Royce out of out of the garage because it's still keyed to his voice. Yep. I think the uh, laser cut um, shape of the Rolls Royce, complete with side mirrors, was a nice touch. Yes, that's good. I I do like that. I like them driving to Switzerland and setting off every traffic camera on the way. I love that scene. <laughs> like that that distance shot where mm-hmm. it's just like little flashes going off all yeah, along the road. That was really good. Yeah. And then when they're they're taking stock of the gadgets they have and he accidentally activates the agent in distress alarm. Right. Cuz he thinks it's the D6 ascender or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it just escalates, like it starts saying the siren, they bury the snow, and then it's gonna f- shoot a flare off, and he has to jump away, and... Yeah. Alright. But it, it works out, because Tucker pretends to shoot him and kill him, and then gets to go up into the mm-hmm. fortress, because they think he's working for them. Yep. When Johnny English jumps up in the body bag, all I could think of was that scene in Octopussy, where <laughs> James Bond goes, Wah! <laughs> Yeah. And I, I love all this these, is a like... Be- okay, this is a better movie than Octopussy. It is a better movie than Octopussy, that is true. <laughs> and I love these, like, Germanic labels on everything, like Cafe Bar. Mm-hmm. And they have... I think there's one for the for the uh, conference room and stuff, which I just find interesting. Yeah. And we see... Uh, and we do see McNulty put the serum in uh, Pegasus' drink. Yes. Yeah. Johnny English rushes in because he hears Pegasus's voice. Yeah, and, and he's telling he's reve- Johnny's revealing the plan, holding everyone at gunpoint because Pegasus doesn't really believe him. Right, and then jo- Johnny just drinks the <sighs> the drink, and then how would you do it? Injector, fill it with poison gas, slip something in her drink, drink. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I've I've said that. 
sometimes these movies remind me of Get Smart, and that's another moment that sort of feels mm-hmm. like a Get Smart moment to me. I don't hate it as much as just him being a complete idiot. Sure. Um, yeah, no, it's not terrible, but it's not great. Also, there's way more ice in there than any British person would ever want in their job. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> it also doesn't look like ice, but... Well, that's probably because it's not. Yeah. And I'm convinced the only reason that this drug initially causes a manic phase is so Rowan Atkinson can do his thing. Oh, that's absolutely why. Because he is an absolute genius at doing this like physical stuff. I, I do like how he's about to strangle McNulty before it takes effect. Yeah. That worked really well. Yep. I like when he starts doing the Ministry of Silly Walk thing mm-hmm. against the wall. Not really a fan of when he punches Gillian Anderson, but alright. That made sense for the scene. It made sense for the scene. And then he takes over for Pegasus in this meeting to translate for the Prime Minister, because they're meeting with the Chinese, I guess, what's the title for the Chinese leader? The Premier, I think he says? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then we find out that the original, the weapon that they had chosen to smuggle in was a lipstick. Yep. So we get... We get Johnny English putting on lipstick and everyone's staring, because that's hilarious. that's hilarious. And maybe it was, but I don't appreciate this kind of humor at all. No. Very unfortunate that that even has to happen. I like the scene, I, in the same, at the same time as all this is happening, uh, Tucker is fighting another henchman. Yep. And I like how he manages to, like, switch out the gun for a banana. Yep, <laughs> that was clever. And then eats a grape, you know, very James Bond thing. The, the, the grape moment I like a lot. Mm-hmm. That's very James Bond. Yeah, that goes all the way back to Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. In the health spa where everyone has metal-plated name, name things on their doors. <laughs> well, I don't know if everyone does. I know Count Lippy does. <laughs> I'm not usually a big physical comedy person, mm-hmm. but I, I found this scene where his left hand and right hand are fighting to be pretty amusing it was pretty good yeah i like when he bites his left hand and he's trying to reach the lipstick so his left hand covers his eyes and he can't see where it is <laughs> yeah that was good that was probably my favorite part <laughs> yeah uh and then mcnulty finally gets fed up uh because uh tucker manages to switch the audio to to a rock song instead yep and or pop song it's not really rock and he's waving his hands in the air because that's what the song says mm-hmm. and- and McNulty gets fed up and just says straight on the intercom, this is Simon Ambrose, I order you to shoot. I thought this was just going to get him arrested for doing that. I forgot about the final fight. But anyway, Johnny manages to not kill anyone, but he does mm-hmm. collapse because the drug is supposed to kill you after you do it. I'm still not sure how he manages to survive. Uh, The magic of movies? Yeah, I guess. Plus he gets kissed by Rosamund Pike. Fair, that would probably... that. I'll be honest, if Rosamund Pike kissed me, that would cure some ailments. Yeah. I like when he, like, sort of wakes up and he's, like, almost there. And then he does that really exaggerated kiss face. Yep. I also like... Sir. Tucker. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, Tucker. I won't kiss you if you don't mind. Well, whatever. Yeah, and then we find out that McNulty's escaping on a cable car. And... He jumps out with a parachute that opens up and has a giant uh, spying dot 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 for you. Yes, <laughs> which it. it's no le- it's no less subtle than uh, Roger Moore's 
Union Jack parachute. Right. right. <laughs> also, this whole thing it has a very Roger Moore feel to it with the cable it, it car. It does. Yeah. <laughs> like Jaws in the cable car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how and the, the whole the parachute and getting on the on the snowmobile that's also a Roger Moore thing. Yeah, landing landing on the snowmobile from the parachute. This is absolute. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised there aren't a whole bunch of goons with guns on skis. Yes, that's the only thing that would make this better. But I like how he jumps to the cable car and then sneaks up to the top while McNulty is looking out the door. Yeah, you just see the, like his legs going up the top. Yeah, and then, so then he's he's fighting McNulty, but then he gets his hand stuck in the the handhold at the top so he can't move now and this is where we have Chekhov's testicular torture because Nolte kicks him in the crotch multiple times and it doesn't phase him Mm -hmm. and I like the turnabout it's fair play because McNulty's then going for the gun which is under the bench and he kicks him in the crotch and it does phase him Mm -hmm. and then of course he has to be Johnny English and he falls out of the cable car yeah that didn't do it for me (laughs) No, but I saw it coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. Well, the second he started, he had his back to the open door. Oh, yeah. So, McNulty's shooting at him, so he pulls out what he thinks is the bulletproof shield, but it's not. McNulty has really good aim with a handgun. Yeah. Yeah, he pulls out the umbrella thinking it's the shield. But then he ac- he closes it, and he accidentally uses it to fire a missile and kill McNulty. So, it works. Yep. It works. It'll works at the end. All right. So, now we have the terrible scene. Where yes, the, the assassin is masquerading as the queen and gets away, and then he assaults the queen. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they do find the assassin, so it's not like he's suddenly in huge trouble. Like right. they'll like they'll understand, but yeah, just no, I'm I'm no. He's beating the queen of England with a with, with a, a tea tray. tray. Yeah. All right. I don't need that. So, the after credits scene. Yeah. What is the purpose of this scene? There isn't one. Okay. Like, I felt like I was missing some sort of reference or something. My, well, I mean, the music is a thing, but... What is it a thing to... It's it's called... I mean, it's a classical piece of music called... I know know what the music is, but what is it a reference to? It's not. Oh, okay. My, what... My my guess is that it's a cut scene. Because ah, she's like, oh, I want to get some takeaway. And he says, I'll be right, you know, I'll be right back. And then they cut to them sitting at the table with candles and this meal. Oh, That, that yeah, is clearly what he just made here. Okay, that so, makes sense. Also, he wastes so much garlic. Well, yeah. He pulls out a clove of garlic, smashes it. Puts a little bit in the pan and then throws the rest out. Yeah, that's a... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I appreciate the... They were... they Like, the timing of his chops to the music and all that stuff. And... Yeah. I want that kitchen also. Yeah. That's a really nice kitchen. It is a nice kitchen. I mean, you've seen my kitchen. I have, like, a sixteenth of that counter space. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the electric hot plates, or the electric, uh, t- you know. That's a good point. But, but having two of them, that's nice. Yeah. With the work that's area nice. in the middle, I like that. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. But yes, I would prefer I would prefer a gas stove. <sighs> yeah. I'm just watching him waste all of that garlic. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's unfortunate. You hadn't noticed before, had you? Not really, no. <laughs> I'm also curious as what he's making, because that's a lot of leak. That is a lot of leak. Plus, you have to wash them, because there's a lot of grit in those. 
But anyway. <laughs> I don't think I've ever cooked with leeks. No. They're fine. They're like giant green onions. Oh, he, oh, at least he washes them off and swirls them around to get... I guess that's to get the stuff out. But Yeah, this is definitely a cutscene. Okay, that makes more that, sense. That they liked, and then they just decided to stick it to the end. I mean, it's not it's not as uh, plot-worthy as the, uh, the, the weird guy with the red hair and the banana scar. Yeah, that was a much better after-credit scene. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know we started recording, and I was like, I don't know why this movie exists, and then we're talking about it, and I realized I think I liked it more than I initially thought. Yeah, I, I honestly think this is a better movie than the first one. I mean, I'll take away the, the bad elder abuse stuff and yeah i think it works yeah uh, i cringed i did cringe at a few things but not nearly as many things as in the first one no there, there's nothing as bad as the uh climbing up the toilet drain thing and... yeah or the f- pretending to fight the guy with the chair yeah standing on the standing on the coffin yeah yeah <laughs> Pulling down the Archbishop of Canterbury's underwear. Yeah, with the... Looking for the butt tattoo. Yeah. So this movie had a budget of $5 million more than the first one. The The first one had a budget of $40 million and made one hundred sixty point five. This one had a budget of $45 million and made one hundred sixty point one. So, pretty on par. Uh, yep. I, I These movies clearly do make some money. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> It would be interesting for the next one that we talk about next week because that yeah. one had like had a much smaller budget and still made the same amount of money. And we were looking at the uh, the cast list and I'm wondering, you know, after the cast, how much money did they have for the movie? Like Emma Thompson and Michael Gambon and Charles Dance. And... Yeah, and this was 2018, so this was Charles Dance yeah. post Game of Thrones. Yeah, so, so he. Yeah. This is Johnny English Strikes Again. Will be next week. And... Yes. Which came out seven years after Johnny English Reborn. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, I'm looking forward to the 2025's fourth Johnny English movie. <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, any uh, any final thoughts on this one? I again, I I enjoyed it more than I was expecting to. I hadn't seen this one before we watched it for this, so I had only seen it once. I think mm-hmm. I I saw this on an airplane actually. Okay. But yeah, no, I think I've only seen it once, and I I remember all all I really remembered was that McNulty was in it, and he was the secret bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it it holds up fairly well. Yeah, and next week we will round out the, at least for now, the the long running with three movies Johnny English <laughs> series. <laughs> Johnny English strikes again next week when License to Spiel returns. Mm-hmm.